This is the After Party, live with Jim McAllister and John Daly. TGIF. Hello, Kim. Hello. How are you? Good. Busy, busy beat. Every yeah. day I'm busy. Yeah, things are, you know, heating up all over the place. It's uh, It's been a day. I'm kind of looking forward to this rainy weekend. Maybe everyone takes a little bit yeah, of a break. The rain here has been kind of off and on. Like yesterday, mm. you said it was raining up in Petaluma. And I'm like, oh, it's yeah. not raining here. It's just like windy. Mm-hmm. And then boom. Rain. It just it hit really hard all at all at once. It's so stormy in the in the Sierra in the Tahoe Basin. Not the Today, Sierras. They recorded not the Sierras. It they recorded winds of up to 145 miles per hour at the higher elevations. Whoa, that crazy! It doesn't usually get yeah. that high. And they have I an extreme it. avalanche warning, too. Extreme avalanche warning. Hell, I mean, do you know what yeah. the winds are normally like at their peak? No. I have no idea. But I, I'm not but a that, snow person. But that's a lot. I've never been up uh, anywhere in the higher elevations while it was snowing. Like, I've okay. been there after the fact when the snowpack is still there, but I've never actually seen the snowfall. Sure. Yeah. Um, let's talk about these gay whales, if we could. I don't, <laughs> That's a non sequitur. I don't know if I wanted to call them gay <laughs> whales, but for the very they're first time ever, fun, the fun whales, you know, they're they're very stylish and, um, and caring. Uh they have extra money to spend and they like to dance. No, these whales spotted in the waters of Hawaii. First time ever that researchers have seen and actually caught on tape homosexual behavior in humpback whales. What? But, and it's a little interesting. Yeah. It looks like it's, you know, it wasn't necessarily consensual. Mm-hmm. Oh. So what happened is the whale that's being held down there, that's you know being kind of on the bottom, he was emaciated. It is em- I think he's still with us, emaciated and sickly, and being chased oh, no. by this healthier male whale. And the researchers say the emaciated, sickly whale came right up to their boat, tried to get around. You know around under the boat hide next to the boat circling the boat and eventually could not get away from this healthier male and finally relented and this healthier male am i seeing in that picture what i think i'm seeing you're seeing yeah that's exactly because what you're i realized i think did you censor the image of the thumbnail with the I rainbow did. i did oh, do you okay. want to see it so yeah you were covering it up you're the you're the peen sensor S- so I am the the bigger whale, the healthier whale on top, holds the other person, whether it's a female or male. Other person, now we know, the other whale. <laughs> now it's a person. <laughs> it's a person whale with the flippers, and oh, then man. and and I was wondering, the whale penises are pretty big. So how do they get? What are they doing? I guess whale male members have a slit where their penis comes out of. And so the bigger whale, the healthier whale, was um, penetrating the the penile slit of the other whale. That's how it works. Just in case you're wondering about the mechanics. Demonetized, but let's just move forward. Gay Um, whale sex. I'm just saying that's how it happens during the presentation. Yeah. Would you have? Do you have any questions? Did they mention if they if the whale possibly the whale thought it was a female? Does that come up? They did not say that. I don't think they thought that. Because I wonder if it was that. unintentional. Maybe he... I think it was a power play and a show of dominance. Oh, oh. On a weaker oh. male. I read the whole, I actually read the whole study. Uh, and it, Well, let's it's... just be honest. This is men being men. Yeah. <laughs> kind of. In, in the natural world. I had the, the thumbnails that I came up with. I had them all, all ready to go. And now they're, oh, yeah. One of them so... disappeared, but... Uh... So here's what I originally had. Yeah, this is the uncensored version. It's the uncensored version, and you can see the whale penis down below. And I thought, that's a little intrusive. So we ended up covering it with the whale, with the rainbow. (laughs) And I didn't realize that at first until you pointed it out. It is a significant um, recording of the first type of behavior that they've seen with humpback whales like this. Doing well, this conservatives will say that they're just roommates. Yeah, <laughs> don't worry about it. 
They're just hanging out in a very large room. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting and also like a a disturbing display of what happened there. Yeah, pushing yeah. their gay whale agenda on everybody. Yeah. There they are in all their glory. Now, I was also wondering whether or not we'll get demonetized from the fact that you have the word gay and then hump. Oh. Gay humpback. So well, they are humpbacks. Yeah. Well, I um I couldn't include marijuana, like a photo of marijuana, because the the AI will scan and see a picture of marijuana and think we're promoting right. it. Oh. So when we do that story later on, it's it's not actually marijuana. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. We have some people to thank. We do have people to thank. First of all, uh, Deidre came in with a um, super sticker at the end of the show yesterday when I mentioned that we were um, short of our fundraising goal. Mm -hmm. So thank you, Deidre. Uh, Deidre, Lozica, Lozica Concrete, you always come through for us. So Yay. we want to thank you. And then we Aloha. have a bunch of people to thank because it's the first It's the first of the month when we started the show. So mm -hmm. um, we have a lot of people to thank later. Um, please leave a, re a review and rate us on the Apple Podcast or Spotify platforms um, or whatever platform you use uh, to get your podcasts. That's really going to help us uh, expand the visibility of the audio podcast. So that'll be cool. And that will really help out. Uh, there's you, a question here. Um, you look cute today. It, what's that? You look cute today. Oh, thank you. Did I look yeah. ugly yesterday? No, no. I just, your beard looks very shorn and clean, shorn. well kept. And sure. Well, we you, do have a, I think. Do we is that, shoot? is that, can I, are you not supposed to comment on the appearance of a coworker? My uh, bad. Depends. I'm sorry. Well, we'll have to talk to AI. And I was see trying what to they be complimentary. Thank you. I appreciate yeah. it. Uh, we'll have to talk to the AI and <laughs> see what they say about HR policy. Okay. Uh, but Mama has a good question. Isn't a whale's penis called a dork? I thought it was a dong. Maybe it's right. That's a oh. drop right there. Look it up. <laughs> I thought is it was a dong. a whale penis called? I This is going to bring up all kinds of crazy stuff. In the meantime, right? thank you, Wes. Wes, thank you. What up, Wes? Wes? Shout out to Florida. Oh, she's right. A whale penis is called a dork. That's also a drop. And Wes, that had nothing to do with you. You're not a dork. <laughs> You're Although not if you're talking to a man and you mention whale penis, I don't think any you, you like connect the two. I don't think any guy is going to be upset with you mentioning whale. Wes penis is like, I'll take that. Bring yeah. it on. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Wes, thank you for that. I adore you. You're not a dork. Um, unless you want to be in which case rock on friend, rock on. I had a girl say that um, I have dorky ears. What? She, no. Keep in mind, she was drunk. She was wasted oh. and she was trying to be friendly. But you know, when somebody's even when they're friendly ears. and they're they're they're. You uninhibited and they just say things you have dorky ears and i i quickly said well oh wow that's um i have childhood trauma from sixth grade when uh, i was uh you know alienated um by all the other the boys on the yard because uh of my large dumbo ears but thank you for bringing that back up oh god <laughs> lord um, um oh before we move on to more animal stories yeah oh. jr what Donating the balance of my $250 gift card to the final show of the day. I like how John went from blonde Bond villain to Judd Apatow. <laughs> Happy <laughs> March. That's funny. Uh, yeah, JR, I that's think I was, so nice. I was blonde like a year ago for a minute. That's uh, really, really kind, and we appreciate midlife it crisis, so much. Midlife crisis, anyone? Anyone? Midlife crisis? Uh, if you can't afford a sports car, dye your hair blonde. Uh, Harry Magnin, $5. That's giving new meaning to calling someone a dork. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Harry. Thank, Thank you, you Harry. Chair. Really sweet. Uh, next yeah. story. This is about raccoons. Okay. Angry um, raccoons. Well, You're an allegedly, angry elf. allegedly angry <laughs> raccoons. Um, and uh, I'm having some uh, picture issues today, but that's okay. Oh, no. we'll, pr we'll proceed anyway. Um, a Washington road sign. Uh, you know, so you have those like signs electronic on the side. Electronic signs? Electronic yeah, yeah. signs with the orange letters. Sure. Um, the owner of an electronic sign in Washington said a message warning drivers about angry raccoons ahead was the work of pranksters. The sign at the side of Spokane's uh, Northwest Boulevard uh, near Audubon Park, you know where that is, displayed a perplexing message during Wednesday's, uh, Wednesday's morning commute. And city public works officials said they had no information on the sign or, um, or anything related to it. Now, I'll tell you, the message said, angry raccoons ahead. Well, of course. Right? Angry raccoons ahead. And so uh, the Department of Public Works says uh, we have no information on any angry raccoon activity in the area. Uh, the co-owner of Spokane uh, Traffic Control 
which was con- contracted by Public Works to provide the sign for a construction project, said the sign was hacked by unknown pranksters. Mm, so funny. Um, you know what's... Uh, That'll make you roll up your window. That they these, these signs are really easy to hack. You just go to the back and flip open the whatever and change it. I've seen some really funny ones along rural roads in Petaluma. That angry raccoon's ahead. That's pretty clever. Yeah. So um, he said somebody twisted the lock on the back of the sign and was able to access its controls. So that's what was going on. Um, it wasn't really hacked per se. It was just that they left the they left the um, they left the box open. Yeah. Which I've seen in the past. That's happened in Petaluma. And people mm-hmm. just like goof off and and change change the. Uh, I, I like though using this the the hacking for humor because a lot of people will flip open the sign you know change the sign to say something political yeah right or something nasty with bad words or something right so angry raccoons ahead that that'll cause you a little chuckle as you now drive they do along. say that's the first time that's happened that I can remember so they've never oh. seen anything like this before um okay. just a side note as a tech nerd the the term hacking is overused oh. it's applied to situations that are not really hacking is a complex you know infiltration now a dork. Of, hello <laughs> <laughs> if you're like infiltrating a remote computer system that's hacking like the whole life hacks and like that term has just been u- overused and used in ways right. where it's not really it's not really hacking look what i have for you oh check this out is this a live oh that's a Yeah, go to the volume control on the bottom left speaker and then just drop that down. Click on the button. I don't know how to do that. Yeah, you click on the speaker. Oh, it did. Okay, it Let's took do a tech second support to click here. kick in. Click, yeah, yeah, click on the speaker and then drag that, that ball to the left. <laughs> there you go. Okay. Now it's silent. Done. Now you can play it again. This is the live. Oh, it's, it's just you, playing, you can, right? You can you see you it? You can click on Yeah, there we go. Yeah, this is the live cam of the bald eagles. It's uh, it's kind of cool to just watch them. Beautiful, beautiful oh, animals. Nice. Yeah. Uh, there's a live cam set up to capture the hatching of these bald eagles. What a beautiful view. I could see having this open in the corner of my computer screen. This is really, really cool. I love it. I uh, love it. I love it. They're trying to capture the hatching of these, um, these bald eagles. This is in Big Bear. And oh, okay. It's That's a pop- Southern California. Yeah. Pr- Friends of Big Bear-, Bear Valley set up two cameras at the San Bernardino Mountains Nest, occupied by eagles Jackie and Shadow, so that fans of Jackie and Shadow will be able to watch their three eggs hatch right here on YouTube. Look at Jackie moving around there. You can see the eggs underneath her. Yeah. This is the coolest live stream. I love this. The group said the eggs were laid in late January. So the official PIP watch, I guess that's the term for the eggs hatching, uh, starts. And the PIP refers to, in PIP watch, a small bump on an eagle egg that appears about four days before hatching. Oh, okay, yeah. The raised bump or PIP is a result of an eaglet poking the tip of its beak through the shell. So we're on PIP watch is what we're doing. This is cool. So Jackie and Shadow waiting to have their three little eaglets. And I, this is so cool. JR asking, is it really bald or just thinning on top of it? Just a little thinning on top. Yeah. Pretty cool. Very cool. I watched it last night, and obviously you can't really see much at, like when it's dark, but you could tell that um, she was keeping her eggs warm. There's a lot of activity going on up here. Yeah. What's interesting to me is this has to be so high up. So how cool that somebody was able to... I don't know, climb nearby without disturbing the habitat or the nest yeah. and attach a camera somewhere and that we are able to have a bird's eye view, literally, uh, of what's going what on here. I love this. Do you think the eagle's going to hit us with a copyright strike? Probably. Probably. The eagle's like, listen, yeah. I didn't say you could come in my house. <laughs> forget about, Don't forget about the cow uh, falcons. Annie has a new mate this year and an egg laying season is imminent. Excellent. That's, not, that's Those, a message from Judy. Those are the ones on the top of the Campanile, right, Judy, in, at UC Berkeley? I think so, yeah. Um, Lori saying, just wait until you see a bald eagle projectile poop. Ew. Eagle Festival in November in Haines, uh, Arkansas. Awesome. If or it's Alaska. still going on. Yeah. Or, or Alaska, sorry. Uh-huh. Uh, if it's still going on, uh, Arkansas is AR, not AK. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if it's still going on in 1998. 
I um, can't believe that you can see so much from this camera. Yeah, wow. it's a nice view, even without the eagle. <laughs> yeah. nice Dave says, uh, Kim, they have the UC Berkeley Peregrine Falcon Nest Cam every year. It's cool to watch. That's the one I was thinking. Maybe Annie, yeah. uh, Judy means something different. But And Cammie, I mentioned the, uh, the bears, the brown bears fishing the Katmai, uh, Alaska uh, River. You guys oh, have covered the, that. The I think you and Pat covered that, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, the, we the, did. Because you have the chunky bear. Yeah, the chunky bear contest. I could seriously watch this these bald eagles in the net. Yeah, and Karen's saying um, some days ago the nest was covered with snow. Very cool. And uh, it looks like every so often it updates itself. Oh, it's a continuous stream. Wow. Should have been really beautiful all right i guess we can stop it but um yeah i guess imminently we'll have three new eaglets in the world that's nice Very cool. yeah uh harry pointing out that it's um more interesting than watching the philadelphia eagles hey oh <laughs> it's a little windy up there i hope they're all right and judy saying yes those are the same falcons the chamomile uh campanile yeah campanile chamomile, yeah. chamomile yeah. is on the yeah. uc berkeley campus yeah yeah very good very good okay Cool. Uh, next up, we have more animals. This one is poor little kitty. What a you know, sweet I love face. My kitties. Yeah, this cat was rescued from a junkyard, and uh, there was a car that was going to be smashed. Oh, and no. it was rescued from the car moments before it was crushed. A runaway cat taking shelter in a car at a North Carolina mm. junkyard was rescued from the vehicle just moments before that happened. The Brother Wolf Animal Rescue said that a junkyard worker opened the hood of the car to remove the battery before the vehicle was crushed, and a cat took a blind leap of faith into his arms. Ooh. The employee kept the cat bundled up inside his jacket for the rest of his shift with no shelters nearby and no idea how to help his new feline friend. He reached out to Brother Wolf, where his girlfriend works, to try to find the cat, cat's family. Mm -hmm. um, the sanctuary said a call soon came in from the junkyard reporting that a man had shown up searching for his lost pet. Oh, wow. Okay, that's yeah. great. Saved so, from the crushing car jaws so this is lily returned to home this is lily and lily was reunited with her dad uh, the relief and happiness was so clear on both both of their faces she melted into his arms as his eyes filled with tears of joy so that is a happy ending for mm -hmm. lily at the junkyard that's so nice i like those stories when something good happens in the world um this is an interesting one too there's a new fishy that we know about in the world. Yay. Fishy, fishy, fishy. Fishy, fishy. Scientists discover a new species of fish right off the coast of Baja, California. They have an interesting looking fishy. Mm, it's a tropical fish. They were on an expedition, the researchers, to a remote, remote islands off the Pacific coast of Mexico. So they call this now, they've named it the Halichores Sanchezi. <laughs> You made it sound Italian, but I'll I give did. it to you. I don't think it's supposed to be. <laughs> What's it's, a coming and go? <laughs> it's, it's a coming and a go. And it's a pizza also pasta. <laughs> it's also called, in layman's terms, the tail spot wrasse. Or do you say wrasse or rassy? I don't, I don't know. know. But the colorful species found living among volcanic rubble in the waters around the... I'm going to say this... I'm going to say this again uh, in an Italian accent. Revia Gigedo Archipelago. <laughs> it's an island confusing. system known as the Mexican Galapagos because it has vast marine diversity around here. So the discovery was officially entered into the scientific record this week with the publication of a paper on the species in journal Pier J. Halachores Sanchezi. It's amazing that they say we can still find species new to science in a place where people are visiting actually pretty, pretty regularly. So, you know, you'd think he would have been seen by now, but it shows how big and complex, how complex the world is. This according to uh, ben Farball, who's one of the scientists working at UC San Diego's Scripps Institution of Oceanography, based on the specimens he examined, the species ranges in size from about an inch long to six inches long. No, don't make a joke. They also believe to be hermaphroditic, beginning life as a female, with some later transitioning to male. No whale penises here. No whale penis. No. Uh, Heather is saying uh, it would be rasai if you want to keep up in Italian. Keep okay, it Italian. I'm doing it, Heather. I'm doing it. The smaller <laughs> female fish are mostly white with reddish horizontal stripes along their top half and black patches on their dorsal fin. 
behind their gills and in front of their tail fin, as you see here. The male, described as having an orangey red up top, fading to a yellow belly with a dark band at the base of the tail. He's a ginger. He's a ginger, a little ginger. According to scripts, they think that um, these fish are related to other fish in the what did Heather say? Rasseo family, such as the California sheephead. She added the E at the end. And the Rassai. blue streak. Rasseo. Uh, the species believed to be endemic, meaning it's unique to the area and can't be found anywhere else on Earth. So BW saying it. it's dork, John. Haha. <laughs> Sorry, not whale penis, dork. <laughs> no dorks around here. Oh, wait. No, um, that's not true. That's mm. not true. Okay, it, that's our animal segment for today, right? It is. And if you could please click like and subscribe, it would mean a lot to us, too. That's a free way to help us out. Thank you to everyone who has contributed so far. Lord knows we need it on this March 1st. So thank you for that. Are you um, suggesting that we need help? Uh, we are. <laughs> Big time. Please click like and subscribe. And if you could share the show, the parts you like, usually every day, John, after the show, will cut some shorts of the right. stuff that we thought was funniest. Um, if you ever have a, a suggestion for that, you can email us. It is john at theafterparty.live, and I'm Kim at theafterparty.live. He's probably the best email, though, about that. Uh, john at theafterparty.live. But you can share those shorts. You and share, share those shorts, shorts on share Facebook. The share the X, shorts. Share the shorts wherever you are. Um, there's a grandma that's celebrating a 25th birthday. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. She doesn't look 25. Birthday. What's happening? Now, at first when I saw the story, I thought it was going to be one of the stories where like the daughter is also the mom and the aunt. You know how sometimes you hear about those genealogy, weird genealogy stories where like the brother is also the father, right? Or the son is also the grandfather. Sure. It's some weird, weird genealogical thing. But no, no, no. That's not the case here. A 100-year-old Oklahoma woman is celebrating her 25th birthday. Um, and that was yesterday because she was born on Leap Day. In 1924. So I, I didn't see the story oh. yesterday, so I apologize. But uh, but Mary, we want to acknowledge you. Mary Forsyth was uh, recognized by the centenarians of Oklahoma and the city of Sand Springs when they issued a proclamation marking her 100th birthday. But Forsyth uh, has only had her February, I'm sorry, February. February 29th birthday roll around every four years, right? Mm -hmm. Of course. Um, she said non-leap years were an excuse to have birthday parties on multiple days. I always thought I was blessed. It was so much fun. We celebrated whenever we wanted to. She's a mother of two, grandmother of five, and great-grandmother of 11, and she's celebrating her 25th birthday. So uh, happy birthday. No gifts, she says. I don't want anything to store. And no hoarding going on here. So happy birthday. Happy 25th birthday to Mary For Forsyth in, yeah. in Oklahoma. That's cool. Um, by the way, I don't know if, speaking of birthdays, I haven't seen Spencer in the chat, but it's Spencer's birthday today. So if oh, Spencer, happy birthday. If you're Do around, we have balloons? Happy birthday. I don't think, do we have the um, the after party live balloons? We should. Yeah we, yeah, we do. There they are. There we go. Looking good. Happy birthday, Spencer, if you're happy around. Birthday, to anybody Spencer. who has a birthday over the weekend, happy birthday to you as over well. The weekend. We celebrate you. Like a Dyson commercial. Over the weekend. Over the, is that what I said? Over the weekend? Yeah. Well, yeah. if you listen to a Dyson commercial when they sell you the vacuum cleaner, uh-huh. I was trying to figure out my problem with suction, and then I had it. Over the weekend, I had oh. it. It just came to me. I had it. Over the weekend. <laughs> I digress. I saw this story on SF Gate, and it's about this house in the kind of the back lot of Disneyland. The house is still at the park today. It's no longer occupied as a residence. <clears throat> now it's in the office building. Looks like but, a like a rangers <clears throat> station. Kind of. Like a Yosemite yeah. employee housing kind of thing. For so many years, most people had no idea that there was a private house right on the Disney property or that Disneyland had two full-time residents who got to stay in the park when it closed down for the night. That's where they lived. That was their house. The Pope's moved out in 1971. Their house, though, is still inside the grounds of Disneyland. The resort goes like this, or the story goes like this, rather. Walt Disney hired Owen and Dolly Pope in 1951 to advise the Imagineers on the use of animals in amusement parks, and then they lived in the house because they were tending the horses that powered the Conestoga wagon attraction and also other animals in the park. Oh, but because okay. the animals needed after-hours care, 
The solution was have the popes live inside the confines of Disneyland. The animals they, needed an after party. They did. And they knew at Disneyland that it was cheaper to just move a house than build a new one. So that's what they did. They moved this house from its location uh, to a new location where it still lives in at Disneyland. Right behind, I think it's right behind um, Frontierland. That's where it is. So yeah. they must use it as like offices or something. Now they they do. Um, but they chose it was a it was called the Witherill Bungalow. So it's a thirteen hundred square foot ranch house who built by a couple people who were early supporters of the park. But Disney moved the house and to ten acres of land, yeah, right behind Frontierland, and they called this area the Pony Farm. Uh eventually they had them move to Disney World in Florida. Mm-hmm. And the um, they didn't move, apparently, they moved in in ni- July of 1955, right be- three days before the park opened, and they ended up moving out in 1971. You know what's interesting about this story? Dolly retired in 1975. She was the first Walt Disney World employee to do so, and Owen followed a month later. He has an on- honorary window on the main street in Disneyland. It says, Owen Pope, harness maker, feed and grain, supplies, leather goods, saddles, a specialty, which no, is kind of a cool going. tribute. Do you know what it says about Dolly? Uh-oh. Is there a problem? Nothing. <sighs> oh, so we have some sexism going on here. Uh-huh. Yeah. I did, But it is cool that, that, that for so many years, for more than 20 years, they lived in Disneyland. Cool. Wow. That's, I mean, it's cool that they lived in Disneyland. Not cool. Mm-hmm. They should rectify that. Yeah, they Come should. On. Come on, Disney. Yeah. Open up your uh, your wallet, Mickey. Uh, I know you don't like to do that. Um, next up, co-regulation. Have you heard this new parenting no. term? What is that? Um, do, I, maybe, do I need maybe, to know or is this going to be an I know. Roller? Maybe this is going to be of interest to you or maybe you're going to reject it outright. It's a new buzzword and mm-hmm. here's what it means and how to do it. The increasingly popu- uh, popular popular uh, concept of gentle parenting has launched a new buzzword into the child rearing landscape co-regulation co-regulation refers to an adult helping a child soothe their own emotions during a stressful incident um, let's say a child has a meltdown at the supermarket instead of admonishing them gentle parenting also known as responsive parenting calls for the caretaker to co-regulate which means providing empathy and mod- modeling calmness co-regulating with your child helps them learn how to handle their emotions as they grow up i could use this and according to child psychologists, kids, <laughs> instead of throwing shoes at us, uh, and according Wait, to child so what psychologists... Are, what am I supposed to do? I'm just g- supposed to be calm always? Well, not, I don't think always, but uh, they want you, instead of like lashing out or admonishing or punishing your child in the moment, like in the, like if like, they're having knock a knock it off. It, or you're trying to model what you're good, doing. You're trying to model good behavior. Oh. Um, I don't think Kim's interested in this so far. No, I mean, uh, you're always trying to model good behavior. Uh, are we? Uh, are you? The, and you according to child psychologists, you, yeah. kids who can better handle their emotions are more likely to be resilient and thrive in stressful environments um, because kids don't have the circuitry of self-regulation built in yet. Co-regulating as opposed to scolding meets a child where they are in terms of their development. Right. Mm-hmm. So child, this child psychologist and author of a book said um, to CNBC that this is the way to do it. Kids haven't gotten that circuitry yet. The ability to accept disappointment and unpredictability and talk yourself down, that's a very long developmental process that mm-hmm. most children don't have until they're older. So if, if your child's throwing a fit about not being able to um, order a dessert that they want at a restaurant, it might look like they're being ungrateful or bratty. What's actually happening, though, is that they don't have the skills to handle being let down. Unlike gentle parenting, authoritarian parenting styles, <laughs> that's what I was used to, assume that a child misbehaving stems from a negative self-aware place, right? So traditional parenting is agnostic of social emotional development. So um, if you want to read more about this, it's at CNBC. Just look for the mm-hmm. article on co-regulation. Um, but it's like you, they want you to calm yourself down first, then approach your child with a calm tone and model that good behavior. Well, it sounds like Something that many people have known for a long time. It also sounds like something that many parents have no concept of. (laughs) If you're chill and relaxed and calm, 
then yeah. your kids are likely to be relaxed and calm, right? I mean, just take a, way, take a walk around Safeway and you'll see people that are not aware of this concept. Well, kids even feel it. Babies even feel that, right? Like if you're relaxed, if you're, you know, then often your baby will just be really mellow. Right. But if you're all like stressed out, and I don't want to blame a parent, but, right. and sometimes that works and sometimes it doesn't, but... I think a lot of parents already know that Murphy right. says, yeah, teaching emotional regulation is very important and staying in the moment is hard, but important. We all have those moments where we're going to lose it, you know, where we're not going to, it's not going to be a successful moment for us, but we just turn it around and, and then explain that, you know, people get angry and that p parents are people too. And, and here's Lori's comment. Yeah. Always sounds good in theory. Does the author have kids? <laughs> Well, I think it would, like, I, I'm not qualified to answer that. You are. Uh, I, I would imagine that it, um, it it's something you, you aim for, right? You strive mm -hmm. for that you're not always going to meet. You're not always going to be successful, right? Especially, I imagine, when the kids are younger and you're feeling overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. Am I close? Yeah. Um, I think Murphy has an interesting point. It also means not banishing kids to rooms because that indicates that emotions are not welcome. Mm -hmm. Oh, interesting. Yeah. You talk about why you're feeling that way or why you said that and tell them it, it's, you know, the behavior isn't acceptable and how you can better handle, you know, what the right, how the, what an easier way to cope with that would be. Yeah. yeah. Although I do have experience and I've like read a lot about cat, mm -hmm. uh, cats and cats emotions and uh, punishing a cat does not help. It just makes them think that you're a mean person, like you're a bigger oh. ale. Deidre used to have to wrap her body around her son to get him to calm down when he was flailing. Yeah. So I can I can relate. Mm -hmm. You have to be calm around your your. Uh, you have to model good behavior. You have to reward good behavior, right? Yep. Approaching a dysregulated child with your own anger does not teach them how to interact with rational thought. That's right. It shows them that anger is the right response, and it's not. So. Mm -hmm. Well, from uh, co-regulating to cannibalism. <laughs> sure, let's do it. There's a dead cannibal star spotted with a and metal then we'll take a star. break yeah we, we, we can't forget our break today spotted with a metal scar after consuming part of a planet this is a something astronomers spotted this unusual sign that this dead star feasted like a vampire on mm. a fragment of a planet orbiting it it's got a metal scar on its surface. The revelation shed, shedding light, they say, on the dynamic nature of planetary systems, even in the end stages of the star's life cycle, and that it could actually be a foreshadowing of our the fate of our own solar system. Planets form from swirls of gas and dust called protoplanetary disk that surrounds a newly formed star. But as the star ages and dies, that stellar object can consume the very planets and asteroids it helped create. The astronomers observed this dead star, known as a white dwarf, about 63 light years away from Earth, using the European Southern Observatory's very large telescope in Chile. What they said is they found the metallic feature on the star's surface and researchers determined it was related to a change detected in the star's magnetic field. This was all uh, plotted out in the astrophysical journal Letters. It's well known that some of these white dwarfs, slowly, or dwarves, slowly cooling embers February. of the stars, like our sun, are cannibalizing pieces of their planetary systems. And now they figured out the star's magnetic field plays a key role in the process. And that's why they've got the scar on the surface. So interesting. this one, the white dwarf called WD0816310, is an Earth-sized remnant of a star that was once like our sun, but even bigger. The stellar object acquired a noticeable dark mark on its surface, which turned out to be a concentration of metals. The metals originating from a planetary fragment as large or possibly larger than Vesta, which is about 310 miles across and the second largest asteroid in the solar system. Isn't that interesting? So you say there's a lot of metal, and this planet is mm -hmm. called what? WD-40? What was it? WD-0816-310. Oh, okay. I thought maybe this is where we get WD-40 from. You they think there's some kind of a magnetic connection here. 
Okay. So yeah, cool science space. Very cool. Yeah. Well, we're we can't neglect taking a break because we accidentally didn't take a break yesterday. Uh, so we want to take a break, and then when we come back, um, we're going to thank all the people who have contributed so far. And today. we'll tell you about meta material. It's this new strongest material we'll made also, out of Zuckerberg. <laughs> is it made about? Yes, it's made out of Mark Zuckerberg's shoes, and. This is going to be really valuable, I think, for a lot of people and a good reminder about how you can spot those skimmers they put on ATM machines or when you pay at the gas station. We'll talk about all of that when the after party continues in just a moment. Hey, everybody, it's your friend Satan. Love me or hate me, the after party live is underwritten by our audience. And without you, this show wouldn't be possible. If you could contribute 10, 15, It would keep this party very, very hot and heavy. Any dollar amount is appreciated and it all adds up, isn't that the truth? The PayPal link can be found in the About section of the YouTube channel or at the bottom of the show description. I know what you're thinking, why should I be tempted by the devil, but come on guys, it's not like I'm asking you for your soul. (laughs) <laughs> a party where you don't even have to leave the house you could be naked for all we care the after party live excellent love it thank you to contributors molly c she's ongoing... new a new contributor thank you molly, molly. Woohoo. and molly and ongoing contributors you want to uh, switch off the names brian v harold h candida w calvin w deborah c jerry s meredith d Jim L. Sue Ann S. Not Swan. Sue Ann S. Uh, Vivian T. Linda G. And Carol S. Yay, look at us go. We did it. Thank you, guys. And, and uh, we have super stickers. Let yeah, we do. Wes with $5. Hello in Florida, Wes. Hope everything is good there. Have a great weekend. $50 from JR on the birthday weekend. Huge Yay. soda. Huge soda, JR. Huge and did I hear soda. it's JR's birthday tomorrow? It's JR's having a birthday, I think, this okay. weekend, if not tomorrow, Sunday. Over the weekend. Over, over the, the weekend. weekend. Happy birthday to you, JR. Happy I hope you enjoy Happy weekend birthday, JR. Weekend. And then, Harry. Uh, Oops. Harry with a $5 super sticker. Julie running through with a $5 super sticker as well. Thank you, Harry. Thank you, Julie. And thank you to Kathleen Bryant. Hey, you Oops, sorry. Sorry. With a $10 <laughs> super sticker, we're both clicking at the same time. Yeah. One driver, thank you one guys driver. so, so much for all the contributions to the show. Very much appreciated. Very much thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Yeah, um, your support means a lot. It means that you want the show to keep going, and we want to keep doing it. So we're very grateful, honestly. Um, and maybe if you're not contributing, it means you don't want the show to continue. So let maybe us know. you're like, you suck. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, meta material is not yeah. made out of Mark Zuckerberg. No, um, and I'm not sure exactly what it's made out of because I didn't get to read this in advance. So we're going to learn together. Are you okay, ready? Okay, let's do it. Check this out. This looks pretty cool. Yeah. Um, this is from Australia. Um, Australian scientists 3D print titanium structure with supernatural strength. Say what? Mm-hmm. Researchers at the RMIT, I guess that's the version of their MIT, right? right. University in Australia has uh, succeeded in 3D printing a titanium structure that is 50% stronger than the strongest alloy made by man and used in aerospace ap- applications. The new meta material could open up new applications in aerospace and medicine, according to the university's press release. Meta materials are materials engineered by assembling multiple elements made using metals or plastics, but deliver properties that supersede those seen in naturally occurring materials. Researchers have been using this approach to create newer materials that can withstand extreme temperature and pressure demands in challenging environments such as aerospace um, or in on the YouTube platform, probably. The researchers at RMIT took this one step further by achieving the meta material design using 3D printing or additive manufacturing to their process. The team innovatively used the technique to improve the lattice structures that occur naturally in nature. So it's better than nature. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. Wait till the uh, the extremists, uh, extreme conservatives find out about that. Um, it's unnatural. Material scientists worldwide have been inspired by naturally occurring lattice arrangements such as hollow struts in coral, right? Or lily stems that combine strength and low weight structure. So you see a little bit of this in nature, right? So they're kind of just, um, 
it looks like they're extrapolating from what they what they've learned about nature and um, turned it into these new materials. That's pretty mm -hmm. cool. Really strong material. Yeah. So they're yeah. like uh, replicating the um, the uh, bio inspired structures. I'm, I'm kind of having a fish day. This story is really cool. Is, is this about more fish dying? No. Well, oh. in one way, yes. Oh. In another way, it's about Are fish. they going extinct? No, they're not going <laughs> extinct. No, extinct. this is about predatory fish coordinating attacks by changing color. I did not know this about striped marlin. They change color. There's oh, a see, new... These are marlin terrorists. Kind of, yeah. But they, they're good at it. There's a new study that was published uh, talking about this interesting phenomenon with striped marlin. They're some of the ocean's fastest predators. Apparently, they coordinate their turn-taking hunting strategy to avoid injuring each other. They are lightning fast, and they prey on schools of fish. And when they do so, they change colors rapidly. This research done at Humboldt University in Berlin highlights how rapid color change plays a pivotal role in enabling these striped marlin to synchronize up their hunting efforts to ensure that they capture the prey and minimize the risk of crashing into each other or hitting each other. Researchers found attacking marlins lit up or became much brighter than group their other group mates. Right. And like we, in the picture here, we can see the one on the top is not lit up. No. Mm -mm. But when they attack, they do it rapidly and they light up before returning to their non-bright coloration after the attack is over. When they marlins know, attack. They know this because they use drones to see all of this this hunting behavior and the drone footage that's when it, where it showed the stripes on the individual marlins brightened notably as they initiated attacks on the prey and then dimmed as it swam away and so they think the color changing might actually be a form of communication among the fish this is cool Very right cool. I mean, Very they change cool. colors when they attack. This is how fish communicate. Like, we are just finding this out now. This is crazy. According to the team, the analysis unveiled this rapid color change phenomenon, and it suggests that the changes in color could serve as a reliable signal of an individual's intent to launch an attack. Like, when you light up, you're telling your buddy across the way, I'm going in. This would be useful if humans changed color right before they came at you. <laughs> Wouldn't it? Like, like you're standing outside like a bar. the Hulk? They got all green? Yeah. Yeah, yeah a little know. warning sign, kind of like a yellow light. Like, ding, 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 here it comes. Wow. What they think is now, this whole color changing, now that they know what's happening, they're changing their opinion, researchers, on Marlins and saying they have a little more intricate communication mechanism than we ever realized. Right? Yeah. Anyway, so that's my other fish story for the day. I'm going to throw this up just because it's complimentary towards you. William's saying, I'm going to say it again. I love the way Kim reads her news with such wonderment and enthusiasm. Oh. <laughs> She's great. And don't you love the contrast of me saying, yeah, that's great. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> no, thank you for the compliment. That's great. I'm just so interested in the story. I mean, this is so cool. The Marlins are lighting up when they're attacking. I mean, how are you not get excited about this? It's crazy. It's crazy. You know what else is crazy? Do you remember when the state of California announced that they were going to like auction off all these like marijuana related the bongs, uh, the bong the, sale, bongs and at paraphernalia the CHP parking lot? Yes, <laughs> at the CHP parking lot, which just sounds shady like itself, right? Yeah. Uh, where, where are you going to sell the bongs? Uh, we're going to sell them out of the the parking lot at the CHP office in LA. Uh, well, They're... California hoped to recoup millions in a bong auction. <laughs> That's a real headline. California hoped to recoup millions in a bong auction how much did they make did they make millions they made two thousand dollars two thousand seventy five dollars that's it for embarrassing all, themselves with the bong sale that's all they came away with all thanks to the state of california stoners across los angeles uh, oh, had God. the unique opportunity to upgrade their rigs at a discount after 10 unnamed cannabis businesses collectively owed California more than $14 million in unpaid taxes, the state mm -hmm. seized their fixtures and sold them at a public auction on uh, February 16th 
the department's, uh, uh, this is the state's Department of Tax and Fee Administration. Oh, that sounds like a buzzkill over there. Uh, they said in their news release, they appeared to have failed miserably to recoup uh, their losses after hawking glass bongs, snow cone machines, and assorted office supplies in the CHP's parking lot in Los Angeles this, that day. They only made just over $2,000, according to the press release. The items were divided into 10 lots, all of which were sold. Um, nine out of 10 of these businesses operated illegally. Um, and it's not the first time the agency has pawned off seized property from uh, a cannabis operation in Southern California, but um, this is probably the most publicized one. So, um, yeah, didn't make a lot of money, although, um, you know, they I tried. The, these these illegal pot dispensaries, right, they, they weren't paying taxes. They weren't supposed to be doing what they were doing. So in order to recoup the lost tax revenue – the state is trying to sell this stuff, but that's embarrassing when you're selling bongs in the CHP parking lot and you hardly make anything. Come yeah. on. Well, there could be an argument you know, to be made that they it's a responsibility to get money back, you know, just like when you liquidate a company. So, I mean, hey, they're trying to get money back to the taxpayer. So I, I, I appreciate that aspect. For anybody that's um, taking us along for the ride on the podcast or about to go to Tahoe, which you shouldn't do because there's a blizzard. There's another jackknife big rig today, uh, West 80, right near Donner Pass. Uh, just before noon, the f- truck flipped over there. Um, and so CHP was holding traffic until they can get it cleared away. Westbound traffic held at Truckee and State Line. So the snow is dumping, the winds are howling, and now they've got a truck flipped over on 80. Now, it happened two hours ago, so that's not breaking news, is it? Uh, technically, on this show, it's breaking news. Oh. Yeah. After Party Live, breaking news. Well, that's kind of, I I mean, I already did the breaking news, but yeah. Well, you didn't give me in a moment to play it. Oh, my bad. You're supposed to cue the the audio engineer. Very Um, sorry. Although if we were following the CNN standard, it would just be the Chiron on the bottom of the screen. Always say breaking news, right? Breaking, breaking. Um, Okay, next up, speaking of breaking, some people are breaking into uh, cash registers or like... uh, I would say not cash registers, ATMs yeah. or um, like gas pumps. Right. And they're putting these skimmers. You've heard of skimmers, right? Yeah, these skimmers. This is little thing that fits over the real place where you stick in your card. See well, how it looks all it in, thick? Like right there. Yeah. And I thought it was worth a mention because sometimes we forget that we need to be extra vigilant, right? And so here's yet another tutorial on how to spot these things so when you put your card in kind of sh- they say shake it a little bit like pull on it a little bit don't pull break on, it pull on the but pull on the where the the contraption oh, pull on where you're putting the card in yeah kind of yank shake on your it. card i thought you were shaking it like a polaroid no picture. like you would grab the little green thing and yeah, yeah like, on the left kind of tug on it a little bit if you grab the black thing and tugged on it a little bit it, it might pop right off right so right? The, just to be clear the one that we're seeing on the screen here on the left is real the green one the green the one's real green but one. you see how thick the black one is it's yeah. because someone some thief put a contraption over the green one right so that they can collect your information and your PIN number and whatever else when you put your. Oh, it sounds like you dropped out there for a second. And we'll wait for you to come back. So. Uh, you dropped out when, there for a second. Oh, they can put a camera in so they can see you that putting in your PIN number. The police say that if you combine a nearby concealed camera to record your personal PIN number, thieves get everything they need to drain your account or make unauthorized purchases. So um, what the card skimmers look like. They come in many shapes and sizes. Criminals always devising new ways to conceal them. But you see how the one on the left is a little thinner and the one on the right. It's basically flush with the plastic. Right. And the one on the right sticks out more. Yeah. You have to be really observant. These gadgets are installed often on the outside of machines, and it really looks like they belong there. These are tricky. Look at this. Mm. That is really tricky. So the other one kind of is indented, and this one would be laying either flush or a little bit up, you know, up. Now, that's probably a really bad design on the part of the ATM manufacturer that they made it recessed like that because you're just giving them space to put it on top. You really are. Yeah. That's a bad design. 
And these, what you're seeing, are some of the devices that have been seized by law enforcement. And so they're saying, listen, this is how you can tell, right? Um, what it looks like when the fraudster attaches an almost undetectable advice to the card reader, you insert your card, they capture the data, including the pins, if they have a camera nearby or they just happen to be standing nearby. And the, the picture we're showing right now is a camera on the top right of the box looking down at the pin pad. Mm -hmm. And they say that it's not only the strips, if you use the card with a strip, it's also the chips that are vulnerable here. Oh, chips are vulnerable now too? I thought mm -hmm. the whole point was that those sophisticated technology, those not... I guess if it's a skimmer, they can record whatever you know, type of information. Well, that would be more need. sophisticated skimmer because the, the, like when I, my identity was stolen, it was a Stripe card and the person who stole it had access to my card and cloned it because it was just a Stripe. He ran it through his little machine and right. he cloned it. He made a new card, but the <sighs> chips are, you need the actual physical chip, right? So um, it's harder. It's supposed to be harder to hack because you need that, you need the computer chip. Um, but this is disconcerting. So here's this, the tips, all right? Before okay. you stick your card in, Take a moment, re-examine the terminal, look for hidden cameras, check the card slot to make sure it's firmly attached and not damaged or scratched. Pull at the edges a little bit of the keypad before you enter your pin. Tape and or sticky glue residue on any part of that ATM? Mm-mm. Bulkiness on the card insert area or the pin pad? That's a no. Anything hanging from it? That's a no. If you notice any of those issues, don't use the card reader. Report it to the bank or to the police. And even if you don't see any red flags, they say you should stand very close to the machine and try to obscure that keypad before you put your number in, just in case anyone's recording you. Um, they are saying new skimmers, uh, they are finding out uh, by us, are using contactless readers that are reading the card before they insert it. So, yeah. I mean, come it's on. crazy. Yeah. Um, Liz asking a question. Pull before inserting the card or after the card goes in. You're talking about pulling it before so that you before, don't. Before, so you know what you're sticking your card because into. Because if you stick the card into one of these things, it's going to, it's too it's late. Gonna the information is going to be stolen. Yeah. So kind of jiggle it before you even put your card in there. So if we're mm -hmm. manhandling all these devices, we better bring our sanitizer with us. That's right. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> um, did you hear about this? Uh this it's like survivor this cable news bracing for a big pay cut um yeah um let's see i'm going out of order here hold on a second do, do, do. um sir yeah so this is about cable news right and uh do, do, do. caught me off guard Sorry. um here we go okay it's like survivor cable news braces for the great pay cut uh, the tightening economics of the TV news industry have fueled speculation that the multi-million dollar contracts that top stars have long enjoyed are set to face steep cuts. Earlier this month, Claire Atkinson uh, at The Ankler, I'm not familiar with The Ankler, but mm -hmm. I think it's like, um, it must be a site that covers the media. They reported that the new CNN chief, the one and only Mark Thompson, <laughs> was scrutinizing the large salaries of big names at the network like Kim McAllister, a veteran <laughs> of mm. the considerably more frugal BBC. I didn't know that. And the relatively more frugal New York Times. Thompson is working to foment a digital revolution at CNN as part of an effort to fend off the oncoming linear apocalypse. So linear referring to traditional TV. Mm -hmm. uh, to do so, according to Atkinson, uh, he's eyeing some of the top salaries weighing down CNN's balance sheet. It's not just CNN. Fox News, which continues to turn a billion dollar profit. Jesus Christ. Uh, despite industry-wide headwinds, is not ruling out belt tightening when it comes to stars. A source familiar with the inner workings of the network told Mediate that the business model is evolving. They're looking at all costs, all talent across the board. Uh, cord cutting is an existential threat to what has long been uh, a lucrative way to deliver news, which is cable, right? Cable news networks make some of their money from advertising. But you know what's really interesting? And I don't think a lot of people know this. It's not just the ads where cable is making money. Most of their money is actually coming from affiliate fees paid by the cable carrier. So when you pay that ever-increasing cable bill, a mm -hmm. dollar or two of that is going to a network. Not all networks get a dollar. Some of the networks get like ESPN and CNN. Oh. I think they get more. Fox gets more. Every channel, uh, for the most part, gets a certain amount. Maybe some are getting 50 cents. Some are getting 25 mm -hmm. cents, right? Um, but that's how they make most of their money. So, uh, you know, when people say, oh, you know, this, this station is lower rated. Well, if they're making the money, they don't care. 
right? No. Every year, the second number grows smaller uh, with the affiliate fees so that, because people are cutting the cord, right? So last year, the proportion of U.S. households paying for traditional TV subscriptions dropped below 50% for the first time. The solution? Frantically prepare for a post-linear world while profits are still high. Pull the emergency brake before the car flies off the cliff. So I thought that mm. was interesting because you have all these streaming wars and now you have uh, competing streaming services that are going mm. to bundle themselves together even though they're competitors. And and then you have Amazon adding ads back in. And I think I think it's just going to rebuild itself. I think everything's going to be consolidated and then ads are just going to come back. Right? I don't think there's a way yeah. to get away from it. I think that we've been benefiting temporarily from this streaming war as these companies throw billions of dollars at it and try to figure out what to do, right? Mm -hmm. And so we're kind of like, we're kind of enjoying this 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 moment in time where you can get content without watching ads, you know? Because yep. if you're only paying like 10 bucks a month for content, like that's the cost of one movie, right? Yeah. So these companies are not making enough money off you. And I think the ads are going to come back. Mark, mark my words. Oh. Don't really want that. Not to be a Debbie Downer, but mm. I'm throwing this story in on the at the last minute. I know it's a okay. John Daly, you don't like it, but Gwyneth Paltrow says white women are learning from black women when it comes to self-love. She's kicking off Women's History Month on this March 1st by imploring white women to emulate black women's approach to self-love. But a lot of people are saying, What? It's kind of a little tone deaf, a deaf, deaf, not deaf, tone deaf. She was talking yesterday alongside Dr. Ella Bell at a makers conference in Beverly Hills, and she praised her black friends for having incredible self-honoring. She said it's like from the deepest part of their soul all the way to the tips of their fingers. Hmm. Black women friends, she said, know themselves, love themselves in a way that I think white women are not taught to. She said white women are taught to be competitive with each other, which is something she, Gwyneth said, she's worked hard to dispel because I don't believe in competition between women, but we're raised to be competitive, to be jealous, to look over each other's shoulders. She said that is not the way that her circle of black women friends operate and that she's learned so much from them about ruthless self-acceptance and full love of self. And she says white women can learn a lot from our black sisters and the way in which they respect themselves. Um, she said, you don't have to get less because somebody else is getting more. And she meant for this to be uplifting. But on the final day of Black History Month yesterday, but some people are saying she really missed out with the African-American community. They are saying she's blind to the fact that are you black suggesting women, that she needs to apologize to the African -American she might community? actually need to what about the she, asian community it's a possibility they said gwyneth is um blind to the fact that black women are commonly pitted against each other in pop culture and american society at large Nicki minaj pit beefing against megan the stallion um who has previously been feuding with cardi b so I guess there's a bunch of them that are, you know, dueling it out. And they said she, maybe she's just not plugged into the hip hop scene, but she might want to reword you that think? message that maybe that's not exactly what it is. I think Mama Day Three Boys sums it up nicely. Gwyneth Paltrow needs to go away. Oh, goodbye, Gwyneth. Off and we go. don't need your vagina candles or what is into it? Into the wild blue yonder. Yeah, they're vagina candles. Uh, Nick. Coming in with $15, it's payday. Oh. Got to spend it before the wife does. <laughs> oh. Oh, that's Nick, funny. thank you for contributing to the After Party Live. That's awesome. Very cool. $15 from I, Nick. I wanted to share the story with you guys about Mary Poppins. They are um, they're changing the film age rating because of discriminatory language in the old Mary Poppins. They've had the age rating raised for Mary Poppins by the British film censors because, yeah, it features discriminatory language. It's been reclassified from a U, which means it was universal, to now a PG, which means parental guidance, right? This film was set in London in 1910. And of course, it was from the 1960s, which times were different, things were different, you know, we accepted different things back then, I guess. 
They say, while Mary Poppins has historical context, the use of discriminatory language is not uh, condemned and ultimately exceeds the guidelines for acceptable language at U, Universal. So we classified the film PG for discriminatory language. Some of the things they say, Rocky, uh, what what is it? Um, Let's see. In the film Admiral Admiral Boom, remember him? A neighbor and naval veteran who thinks he's still in charge of his ship uses uh, some words that are not very not very cool. Twice. Can I tell you a secret, which probably won't come as a surprise? Hmm. I've never seen this movie. <gasps> are you kidding me? No. Wow. Mm. That's that really surprises me. It's like one of those things. Who hasn't seen Mary Poppins? John. I guess. Maybe. Could you watch that tonight? Because it's really bothering me that you haven't seen it. Well, when did it come out? 1960. Are you? Okay. That's your Friday night. Both of you. That's your homework assignment. No, no, Kim. No, that's not my Friday (laughs) night. My Friday night. Watch Mary Poppins. My Friday night will involve lots of things. One of them will not be a pathetic staying at home and watching Mm. Mary Poppins on a Friday night. No. I don't pay San Francisco rent <laughs> and sacrifice not going out for dinner uh, to uh, watch Mary Poppins on a Friday night. No, no. You guys need to watch Mary Poppins. It's no. a der- Apparently there's a derogatory term originally used by white Europeans about nomadic peoples in Southern Africa uh, used to refer to soot-faced chimney sweeps. And that now exceeds their guidelines. So, yeah, well, I didn't see any movies in the theater till I was in fourth grade. My parents oh. didn't take us to movies. Our only movies were those that were on TV, like the world, wonderful world of Disney on Sunday mm-hmm. nights. So I thought all uh, movies had commercials and they're about to, <laughs> the they're about to come back again. <laughs> I don't know. That's surprising to me. But yeah, times change and the words well, that where, are acceptable Where would you change? watch it on video, I guess, or DVD, right? That doesn't really yeah, call out to a boy. Now it streams. I think I, we 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 watch have watched it recently. Well, we didn't have streaming when I was younger. The songs? I mean, it's amazing. Right. So but as a kid, I wasn't gonna go out and like, hey, let me and get Julie Mary Andrews. God, it's so good. Yeah. Well, yeah. Depends on your tastes. Um okay, I want to get this last story in um, uh, by the way, depending on your taste, you wouldn't know because you've never even seen it. I know enough about it that I don't really care. Like, it's like many things in pop culture. You see enough clips, you hear about it. It just doesn't call to me. It doesn't call out to me. I'm not really interested. Mm. I, I mean, I wouldn't turn it off if somebody really wanted to watch it, but I have a lot of things to do, Ken. It's, I'm not, you know, I'm busy. Um, this last uh, song, or song, it is a song. Uh, this last story I thought was interesting. Beyonce's country song. I don't know if you've heard her new country song. I haven't it was, heard it. It was knocked off the number one spot what on happened? iTunes by a 21-year-old TikTok star benson boone do you remember benson boone no he was on american idol here he is oh the pop music certainly is fickle beyonce uh dropped her new country singles called texas texas hold'em during the grammy awards three weeks ago it shot to number one immediately right three weeks sayonara sucker this morning texas hold'em and this was um yesterday morning texas hold'em couldn't hold off hold'em off it's dropped to number two behind Benson Boone's surprise hit rocker, Beautiful Things. Um, her other uh, song, 16 Carriages, is already down to number 51. The Boone, uh, Boone is a TikTok star who's only 21 years old. He auditioned for American Idol but dropped out because he thought he'd have a bigger career on the social platform. Warner Music signed him, and now he's on his way. Um, what I find interesting, and this is for you, Kim. Well, actually, he's probably too young for you, um, right? Because he's, he's still 21. Um but the reason why he's really popular on TikTok with the girls, mm-hmm. there you go. He doesn't like to keep his clothes on. Oh. So I think if you're going to be a big star on TikTok and maybe on YouTube, maybe this is what we're doing wrong. Because this, okay. this is how he shoots to number one. So on they TikTok. like his washboard abs, but his hair is a little funky. I don't know. Uh, that's popular with the kids, like the mop head. Mop is that head. What that is? All yeah. right. Do you know what this, if you cut the like haircut here, if you cut in on the sides and you just have like the big curly hair on the top, do you know what mm-hmm. the kids are calling it? No. A broccoli cut. Oh. <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> I thought that was funny. Oh, I like it. Yeah, Spencer you... says, what's with the curly hair? If you weren't here earlier, Spencer, we had the balloons up for you. Happy birthday, friend. Happy birthday. Yeah. Happy birthday, Spencer. Um, do you want to do your rainbow story? 
I do. Can it's I do nice the to end on a story? rainbow. Oh, I love the rainbow story. There was this incredible r- picture of a rainbow, and this is not um, AI generated or doctored. Look at that. It was taken at the Humboldt National this, Wildlife Refuge. This, this rainbow is not covering up a whale dork. No, it is not. But this rainbow, to me, I looked at it and I thought, that is really low. I have never seen a rainbow come down that low. And so I thought, is this image doctored? Like, what happened? So I started looking up low rainbow, and I found out that it there's some science behind this, all right? Here's what I found. Scientists responding to this question online, likely due to the position of the sun in the sky. Did you guys probably knew this, but I'm learning this for the first time, so bear with me. The sun being higher in degrees above the horizon will produce a low rainbow. A lower sun produces a higher rainbow. Low sun, high rainbow, high sun, low rainbow. The low bow will have been produced how by... How low an, can you go? How low can you go? So this is like rainbow limbo. It is. The low bow will have been produced by an image of the sun that was much higher in the sky than the actual sun. And they say it could have been produced by multiple refractions from surfaces such as at, uh, open windows or solar panel panels. And look at... See the pond there as well? The water right in front of it? Mm-hmm. If the picture was taken from a location with a significant patch of water, it could reflect the the sun, causing another rainbow that looks like a mirror image of the part of the rainbow otherwise below the horizon. If the sun was low down, the normal rainbow would be high, whereas the rainbow from the reflected sun would be low. So it might have to do with the fact that there's water right in front of this picture. I don't know. Heather's saying that's how you know gay whales are nearby. Is that how you know? It's a signal. Everybody watch very, out. Very funny, Heather. The dork is on the approach. Um, you know what else is on the approach? Generosity from Rod Jameson. Oh, Rod. $20. Thank you. Have a good weekend. Stay so dry. Cool. Thank you, Rod. Thank you I so much. I hope you have a good weekend too, Rod. That's so awesome. Thank you very much for contributing to the After Party Live. We really, really appreciate everyone who has stepped up to help us out with that. And that includes Rod Jameson and Nick. And it includes Kathleen and Julie and Harry and JR with a big old $50 and Wes with $5. You guys, just thank you so much for contributing to the show. Really, really nice. And we have new contributor Molly C, ongoing contributors Brian V, Harold H, Candida W, Calvin W, Deborah C, Jerry S, Meredith D, Jim L, Sue Ann S, Vivian T, Linda G, and Carol S. Ooh, I timed that out perfectly. Have a great weekend, everybody. Stay dry, everybody. Stay safe. Bye. We'll see you Monday on the After Party Live. Bye, guys.